Welcome to the Perfecting Your Practice podcast, where we will talk about finance for the healthcare professional and medical practice owner. This series is brought to you by Bankers Healthcare Group, the leader in financing solutions for healthcare professionals. Since 2001, BHG has worked with more than 100,000 licensed practitioners to help them reach their financial goals. Perfecting Your Practice is designed to talk about ways you can invest in your career and practice in order to set yourself up for success. Now here's your host, Chris Panabianco, Chief Marketing Officer at BHG. It burns calories, promotes cardiovascular health, lessens depression and anxiety, helps problem solving, and gives off the same brain activity as when we eat chocolate, creating a natural high. What is this wonder drug? It's laughter, folks. Today, we're going to be talking about the benefits of laughter and how it can help relieve stress to those working in the healthcare industry. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and welcome to today's episode. I'm Chris Panabianco, Chief Marketing Officer at Bankers Healthcare Group, and I'm joined by Catherine Puckett. Catherine is the Director of Departments of Mind-Body Medicine and Survivorship Support at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Chicago. While she's here, she's introduced many new services, including therapeutic laughter. Catherine, welcome to the show. Would you mind telling us a little bit more about yourself? Hi, thank you. I'm so honored and delighted to be with you. Well, we've got a great topic, and I know everyone that I talk to in the office today and at BHG is very jealous. They want to learn more about you and kind of figure out how they can implement laughter into their everyday. I know my team particularly, uh, they like to laugh, usually at me. Uh, sometimes I wish it was more with me. Uh, but, Catherine, tell us a little about yourself. I've been at Cancer Treatment Centers of America for over 16 years now. And just to put that in context, we're a comprehensive cancer care network of hospitals and outpatient care centers. We have locations in Atlanta, Philadelphia, Phoenix, Tulsa, and then right here in Chicago where I work. And we specialize in the treatment of adult cancer patients, and we have an integrative approach to care. So patients can get surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, and immunotherapy. And then uh, this is in the context of integrative care, which means that in addition to those conventional treatments that attack the disease itself, we have a whole menu, if you will, of evidence-informed supportive therapies, uh, such as those that my mind-body team offers uh, to help combat the side effects of going through cancer treatment. So together, conventional treatment and supportive therapies are provided by our collaborative team of clinicians, and that makes it integrative cancer care. Hi, welcome everybody. Hi. Hi. Ready to do some laughing? Yes. yes. <laughs> All right. You know, let's start with the three laughter centers. Did you know you have three laughter centers in your body? That's amazing. You know, you hear about medicine and diet and everything that goes into a wellness program. And it's just such a little known fact that laughter is such a positive, has a positive influence and impact on patients. It's amazing what benefits it has. And I started learning about that years ago from a patient actually back in 2004 who was here for eight weeks of radiation, so a few minutes of treatment each day and then a lot of time on her hands. She said, you guys need some more fun around here. And she printed off this stack of information from the Internet about therapeutic humor and laughter, walked it in, handed it to us, and said, do something with this. And it came to me. I really didn't know anything about it. I wasn't sure that this would fit. I know now it fits very well in a cancer treatment center. But at the time, I thought, well, this is a serious place. Why would we be bringing in humor and laughter? And as you've learned yourself, Chris, very well, it actually 
not much of a place it doesn't belong. So um, started learning, and then uh, since late 2004 have been offering the Laughter Club that we still have going to this day, and it's one of our most popular offerings. And I think that's because it is such a great stress buster. When people are engaged in humor and laughter, it takes their minds off the hard stuff. So it's a great break from cancer. I've had people say, I didn't even think about cancer in the last hour. Wow. Tell me, tell me a little bit more about the Laughter Club. It's an opportunity for people to come and laugh with each other. As you said, it's not always at you. It's with, with each other, hopefully, to um, just get back in touch with that innate natural part of each of us that loves to smile, play, laugh, but that may have been forgotten or buried by stress. So we use some fun, silly, goofy laughter exercises. We don't need props. We don't need jokes or comic videos or anything like that. We just get together and laugh. Maybe we'll start with uh, something like the three laughter centers in the body, the hee-hees, ha-has, and ho-hos. And, um, you know, that sounds silly out of context, but usually, and, and we'll say, you know, you can start with fake laughter and soon it will grow into authentic laughter. And that does happen. Usually people just hear that's what we're going to do and they're already smiling and laughing. So we can practice those laughter sounds and then use those as our laughter vocabulary in other exercises, even something like singing happy birthday with the laughter sound. So he he ha ha ho ho. Now one more thing for a warm up. Let's do the laughter chant. Let me show you and then you can join me. It goes like this. Ho, ho, ha ha ha. Ho, ho, ha ha ha. Ho, ho, ha ha ha. Ho, ho, ha, ha, ha. Ho, 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 you know, one of my favorite exercises is a snowball fight that one of our patients suggested once coming to this group. And um, it's all imaginary, of course. You just imagine you're picking up uh, some snow, packing in the snowball, timely right if we're getting into cold weather, and you see your target in the room. You're going to laugh as you throw it at them. You're going to laugh when you get hit because they're going to throw it back to you and maybe even put some down your back. It's like, whoa, you know, when you have ice and snow down your back, what that feels like. And people are just moving around, you know, to their ability and uh, interacting. And it's just uh, it's just like that, fun, silly, goofy, and stress-busting. Now, did you face any initial resistance with either administration or the participants? You know, probably the most resistance I faced initially was in myself because I just I just didn't know enough about it to feel comfortable. You know, I'm I'm a psychotherapist. I'm a doctorate in clinical social work. I'm a therapist. I'm pretty serious by nature and even though I have a good sense of humor, I just didn't couldn't envision at first how it would work in this setting. So um there, there were skeptics among patients and staff too, I guess, but um I remember the first session I laughter session I did after coming back from my training to become a certified laughter leader, um, an older gentleman came to the group and he said to me quite seriously with a frown on his face, do we have to laugh? And I said, well, no, no, sir, you don't, but you may not be able to help it because it's really quite contagious. And he got into it. It was such a joy to see him. He just loosened up, relaxed, and started laughing as much or more than anybody else in the group that day. And we saw each other in the hall the next week, and as soon as we laid eyes on each other, we just both burst out laughing, which is part of what happens when people laugh together, they connect. So 
in addition to, you know, psychologically, so in addition to the health benefits of laughter, which we can touch on if you want, there's also that social, emotional, psychological connection of people have shared that experience together. It connects them in a pretty deep way, really. Definitely. Can you talk a little bit more and expand on the health benefits of laughter? Sure. And, you know, what? I think I'll, I'll just outline a little bit. You know, we keep talking about laughter, therapeutic laughter, but actually it kind of fits into the larger framework of humor. There are a number of components of humor. There's the emotional experience, which is called mirth, uh, some of those happy feelings you get perhaps being amused. Um, there's the cognitive part, so maybe a perception of being playful um, or nonsensical or having a um, like a, in a joke, a punchline you didn't expect, something unexpected, incongruous, uh, the social component I just talked about, and then the physiological component, which is the laughter. So I just wanted to put that in a bigger context. But we know, for instance, that one of the benefits is um, the release of endorphins, which are the feel-good chemicals that can elevate mood and ease physical pain. Uh, which is why people might say, you know, I came in with a headache and I left without it. And we never guarantee that people are going to feel better physiologically, but it's not uncommon that that happens. There are cardio, cardio benefits, so it can help regulate blood pressure. As a physician cardiologist, Michael Miller, who's done some studies on that, written about that. Um, it sends more oxygen to the brain, which can help with uh, learning, memory, creativity, we believe that it supports the immune system. Uh, there are people who say it helps digest their food. I'm not sure if it really does, but you are, when you're laughing, you are working your abdominal muscles. So it may well be, may well be true. So, so does that mean I can um, tell my trainer that we can lay off the ab workouts and I just put on a funny <laughs> movie and laugh? Well, try that. You know, the very first year I went to the annual conference of the Association for Applied and Therapeutic Humor, AATH, back in, I guess it was 2005, right after I started learning about this, I came home with sore abs, and it took me a little bit to realize. I thought, well, I wasn't at the gym. I wasn't working out. And then I thought, oh, it's all the laughing I did. Really, it was, it was amazing. That's cool. So let me ask you this question. More and more as I go to conferences or even some of my colleagues that have been out in the field with their colleagues, they come back and they say, you know, I just heard we talked about the podcast episode, and now more and more they're hearing, well, this person's a laughter expert, or it, it's been discussed. So is this a fad or is this mainstream? Kind of talk to me about where humor and laughter is going. I definitely don't think it's a fad. I think it's been catching on more and more for a number of years, uh, quite a few years actually. This movement really started Dr. Madan Kataria, who from India, who's a physician who had read the book by Norman Cousins called Anatomy of an Illness. Norman Cousins had a very painful illness and discovered quite by accident when he was in the hospital that if he could get um, about 10 minutes of good hearty laughing, he could then get about two hours of pain-free sleep. So once he discovered that by accident, he started doing it on purpose and eventually was healed, and he attributed his healing in part to all the laughing he did. So that was decades ago, and um, I think it's just catching on more and more as people experience it, you know, whether it's somebody like myself or many one of the many other 
uh, certified laughter leaders uh, going out into the community. Uh, there's uh, yoga laughter too, laughter yoga, which is very, very similar. Um, so the more people experience it, the more they realize how good it feels. And then they start learning there's health benefits too. And then it's like, why not? So this is now in corporate settings. Matter of fact, every month at the hospital here, I do a mini laughter session for our new employees as part of their uh, orientation. Um, and just to help them see from the start, this is something with, you know, positive intention and good taste that you could build into your work environment. So it's in schools. It's, you know, I've done laughter with uh, senior citizens in a assisted living facility on the community. I mean, it's really for all ages. I can't think of a setting in which it wouldn't be positive. Sure. So I'd like to talk about that a little bit because most of our listeners and customers of BHG, they're licensed healthcare professionals. So we've talked mm-hmm. about the benefits of patients and in corporate settings, but you know, medicine's a very serious business. Are we taking mm-hmm. the seriousness out of it by introducing this at all? I don't think so, and that was my fear at first, that people would think we weren't taking them or their illness seriously, but I have not seen that borne out. And, you know, of course, any clinician, a physician or any other healthcare provider, you know, is not going to walk into the room and just start laughing with or at the patient. But if one is in touch with their own sense of humor and delight and joy in life, then one is more open to having that expressed in a conversation or picking up on something the patient said, um, even just being a little bit more lighthearted. So um, we absolutely believe in taking people very seriously. And I think it takes getting to know a person a little bit and building a relationship and um, then matching one's reactions to what that individual patient needs or wants. We have found, like I said, that many of our patients really appreciate and enjoy um, being able to interact with a sense of humor. I, I have learned that over time. Definitely. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, with everything being so serious in the world today, just finding that sweet spot of laughter, we see it in our company all the time. There's one individual, as we talked before the, before this interview, on my team that when you get her going, it literally will stop the entire company. Our, we have a very cavernous-type office that once mm-hmm. she starts laughing – Everybody, you look around, and I can see a lot of people. They stop, and they put things down, and then you can see the smiles on their face. Uh, Mm -hmm. We could be in a meeting that's very serious, and I I know that if I need to lighten the mood, she's pretty easy to get going. So I'll just make a comment that I know will get her laughing, Mm -hmm. and then I just stop. And you should see. It's amazing. 23 other people just change. The whole mood in the room lifts. So I've seen it firsthand. You've got it. Yes, it's, it's the best kind of contagion, isn't it? It is. Um, what Now, let me ask you, what if you just don't have a great sense of humor? There are those people out there. Um, is smiling enough? I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to mention the power of a smile. People in every culture in the world smile. It's an innate thing, and it's very powerful. If You know the difference between some, meeting somebody and they look at you with a grumpy look versus a smile. You feel different, don't you? And smiling actually can change your brain chemistry. One of the exercises we do sometimes in a laughter session is to, we use a straw just as an assistive device is what we call it to help people hold a smile. So you could imagine if you had a straw between your teeth and you're smiling, 
it helps you hold that smile because after 30 to 60 seconds, it is starting to change your brain chemistry. The brain doesn't know, even if it's a fake smile, the brain doesn't know the difference. It notices you're smiling and it starts to respond with different chemicals in your body. So you can turn around your mood by just holding a smile for 30 to 60 seconds. It's absolutely powerful. I'll definitely have to try that. My team might think something's wrong with me. So going well, on, oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, have them try it too. Or they, they already know that you, you enjoy humor and laughter. So um, try it and it'll catch on. Then have just have a supply of straws around. And anytime somebody seems grumpy, just hand them a straw. As you know? long as we're not in California, we will have plenty of straws. I believe they're illegal now in California. <laughs> Well, oh, you know what? Use a pencil or a pen then. Or you, you can use your finger. Or as one patient's wife said to me the next week after they had we had done that in a laughter group, and she saw me getting off the elevator, and all she said, I knew exactly what she meant. She smiled and said to me, a banana works too. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so, I, You know, I've started a practice a few years ago of just making a point to smile every day before I get out of bed. Some days I probably forget, but most days I do it. It sets the tone to your day. It really can make a difference. Let me ask you. So we have a lot of healthcare professionals. How do they, if I'm in an office or in a hospital and we don't have a smile program and I'm hearing this and it interests me, what would you mm -hmm. suggest to get started? Is there someone they can contact or just from ground zero, what would you do? Well, part of it is the mindset, and one of the things that I really appreciate from an ATH buddy is the suggestion to see funny, because I think you said a few minutes ago, what if somebody doesn't feel funny? You don't have to be funny in terms of being able to tell jokes and whatever. Start to look for amusing things around you. That's seeing funny. So maybe it's a newspaper headline with a typo that makes it say something silly they didn't mean to say, or a cartoon that you enjoyed. We keep a little humor board in my office at work, and um, every now and then one of us will just put up a new cartoon that we clipped out and enjoyed just to share with each other. So start a file of things. If you're old-fashioned and do use paper like I still do, have a paper file or something on your phone, something that you can turn to to give yourself a smile. Um, notice who makes you laugh or what makes you laugh and try to build more of that into your day. And, you know, watching little kids, which you know a lot about, or, and or pets, can often give you something to laugh about. So this may be a way to get started. There's a burning question I think everybody's going to want to know. Catherine, on a scale of 1 to 10, how funny are you? Well, I think I'm pretty funny. But, you know, I didn't use I was really <laughs> nervous going into this training. It's like, they're going to want me to be a clown. I don't want to be a clown. I just, no, no. You know, and, um, you know, as much as... Maybe more than funny, I would say I'm really good at being silly and playful. And um, an experience we had at the hospital here really taught me a lot about playing, even at work. So the lab at our hospital had a carnival, and I wasn't going to go because, you know, I was a serious pro professional, you know, doing my work. But it was a carnival for the staff. But I went because I thought it was good relationship building, and I was curious about the pony rides they offered. So I got there, and I found out you could – earn 20 points if you would get on a stick horse and ride galloping and neighing around the inside perimeter of the lab, or you'd get 40 points if you'd ride that stick horse galloping and neighing out of the lab downstairs. So I did that. I could not believe I did it. And you know what? I felt like a different person afterwards, and I realized it was permission to play, that I had given myself permission to play by doing that. And the next week, they had stick horses on sale at Walgreens. I bought Chuckles. Chuckles still lives in my office. Let me see if Chuckles would like to say hello. 
just for a minute here. <laughs> Anyhow, chuckles. chuckles. Is, I, I like chuckles. My office. And I use chuckles around the hospital. I have taken chuckles for more rides around the hospital. And I maybe pass up a patient. I say, hey, would you like a ride? And I mean, just more fun than I can have with that. Now, does it make me funny? I don't know, but it certainly makes me fun-loving and willing to make a fool of myself sometimes to make other people smile. I have a couple of people from my team staring at me right now, and there, I think there will be a <laughs> Chuckles uh, that makes its way to BHG Marketing in the near future, and that's how we're going to solve Great. disputes. We may have horse races. Uh, yes! I, yeah, I can't so wait. Th- to- this may have been the highlight of my day, and I am smiling Great. and I have laughed. Uh, one thing we like to do with our guests, just to have a little fun and you know, really get people to know you, we have three facts that we'd like to know. So feel free to answer as you may, and I apologize in advance. Uh, number one, what's the last song you heard? Oh, you know what? It was earlier today doing a laughter group with people. Um, the happy birthday song, The Laughter Way, he he ha ha ho ho, he he ha ha ho ho. So there you go. That's the last Perfect. one I heard. What kind of a driver are you? Oh no! Who's going to listen to this? I I have a long hopefully millions and millions of people. Early morning safety meeting at the hospital, and sometimes I have to press it pretty hard to get here. So probably a little faster than I should be. But I do keep a clown nose in my car. I just want you to know that I always travel with one. My briefcase, my car. So do you put that on after you've cut someone off? Well, I know I don't cut people off. I'm not like that. I'm a politer driver. I just sometimes drive a bit faster than I should. But. Perfect. You know, think of driving up to a toll booth and, like, amusing that <laughs> worker's day by putting on a clown nose when you pay your toll or, you know, got to have a little fun. I pulled up behind a school bus once full of kids. You know how they look back at you and make faces like, meh. Yes. So I just reached down and put my nose on and waved at them. You know, that's the kind of driver I am, too. I, I, that's, <laughs> yeah, I get so much information from these interviews because I'm one of those drivers that, I, I, I look at people and I always question myself, when did you get a license? So now if I just put on a red nose and I start to laugh, I think my commute's going to be great. And the people of central New York are going to get a good chuckle too. Last question. What's the favorite app you have on your phone? Well, it's an insight timer app. It's a, it's a mindfulness app, actually a meditation app. So I'm not laughing all the time. That was the first one that came to mind, probably the most recent app I've used. Great. Well, Catherine, I can't thank you enough. This wraps up our show for today. Um, is there any impart, uh, any words you'd like to part with or any ideas, any blog posts or websites that you might want to suggest? Uh, let us know how we can contact you or anything you'd like to tell us. Well, the CTCA website is cancercenter.com. I would recommend a couple of organizations, AATH.org. That's the Therapeutic Humor Organization. Also, worldlaughtertour.com. And from there, a link to uh, National Humor Month in April. You can have all kinds of fun with that year-round. Excellent. Well, I can't thank you enough, Catherine. If you guys would like more information on this topic, please check out our blog post, 24 Reasons Laughter Really Is the Best Medicine for Doctors, on BankersHealthCareGroup.com. And thanks to our listeners for tuning in. If you have any thoughts, comments, or opinions, please shoot me an email at podcast at bhg-inc.com. I'd love to hear from you and keep the conversation going. For episode notes and worksheets, please visit perfectingyourpracticetoday.com. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your peers. Thanks for listening to the Perfecting Your Practice podcast, presented by Bankers Healthcare Group, the leading provider of financial solutions for healthcare professionals. 
To learn more about BHG's working capital loans, business startup loans, credit cards, and patient financing, visit bankershealthcaregroup.com.